Fearless Seminary. This is The Way, 101.1 FM. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. When government officials encourage the use of drugs, when Bible belief is down but crime is up for thugs, when COVID side effects abound and the government says we're in for another round, and asking guys if they're pregnant just blows our minds, then you know you're seeing the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, June 24th, 2022. And here's something else that will blow your mind. You can get Signs of the Times anytime by subscribing to Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google, or just download the Way Media app and hit us up at thewaymedia.net where you can get it right from the source. And it's the only place where you can read the articles we discuss or ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question. And now, here to scrubby brush the skank off this week's problems is Pastor Mark, who recently considered buying a couch until the salesman told him it will seat five without any problems, to which Pastor Mark replied, where am I going to find five people without any problems? <laughs> Give me that. Yeah, you got a laugh track. That's great. That's great. I told you, I'm not waiting for you anymore. That's right. You need I, to. That's good. I yes, like it. Yes. Look, they, it worked in the sitcoms. It can work for you. That's, that's right. great. I mean, you're automatically funny. That's a I sitcom those, laugh track. I, want, I wish I had one of those on my belt so I could say things and hit it. When I say something, nobody responds. Yes. I always thought it'd be fun to have something on the door that, you know, like sitcom, the yes. person comes in, everybody claps. Yes. I'd love to have one the door. Like, these applause would happen. Like, look, it's Greg. Get everybody yes. hear the clapping start and all. I'm trying. We'll if, talk. if anybody sees it out there, let me know where it is. I'll we'll, pick it up. We'll talk to our tech guy. There you go. About I, I would love that. Yes. Anyway. Well, it is a beautiful day outside, but it's not beautiful in our world. So it is time to talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. And yeah. this week's elephant is the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Yeah, you know, again, this is definitely the elephant in the room, but it also has a signs of the times application. As we talked about, whenever something big comes up that we can't ignore, we're going to talk about it regardless. And also, this has to do with lawlessness will abound because it's amazing to me. First of all, Greg, praise the Lord. This has been a long time coming. Our nation has been just murdering babies, um, just wholesale, open market on babies for 50 years now. I'm surprised God let us last this long as a nation, but now we at least see some hope that there are going to be some babies that are saved. Now, this doesn't mean that all babies across the nation will now be safe and and free from the the possibility of of still being murdered. However, what it means, there's about 14 states that it's already built in. There's going to be some great restrictions on it. I think Missouri has completely restricted it, and there may be some others that do that. I wish Tennessee had done that. We didn't. Uh, We did up to six weeks, so you can still, you know, again, it's, it's tragic that can still happen here. 
But it's great news. It's a victory um, that God has given us. It's a victory for uh, the kingdom. It's a victory for these babies that are being torn apart in the mother's womb. Uh, and it's just really a day of rejoicing for those that are righteous. But, you know, the contrast couldn't be more stark. I look at how you, you watch. If you want to see if Satan's upset, watch the faces of the people that, that again, stand against God. And it's amazing to hear these people just attacking. Uh, the, you know, the, I, I guess the saddest thing to me, Greg, is to see how strongly people fight for the freedom to murder babies. I'm shocked about that. I mean, they're crying, they're weeping, they're angry. They want to go destroy things because they can't murder babies. And, and I just think, how far have we fallen? But then I remember where mankind is. We are fallen. If you don't know the fallen nature of man, look around. It's everywhere. And to see the stands that people are making uh, about this, even our president just came on and, again, just really um, was promoting evil. I'm just going to say it. He was telling people, we're going to do everything we can to help you kill your babies, and, and you can go, you'll help you get whatever you need to do to kill your baby. We're going to try to help you do that, and how the horrible the Supreme Court is and all this. And it really is. Um, it's an evil thing that he's standing for. Not calling him evil. I'm saying it's an evil thing he's standing for. And uh, I think about John the Baptist with Herod. You know, he said, Herod, you're in, this is an evil thing you're doing by taking another man's wife. Well, now we have a president doing very evil things from the, um, from the White House and promoting evil. And, but God has gotten the victory. Uh, and, and I, you know, again, I don't know what will happen in the long run with this. But it's a day of rejoicing for the righteous. You know, you look at heaven, and it says that when the righteous are rejoicing in heaven, those that are evil on earth are, are sad. They're mad and angry. And then, of course, when the uh, those that are evil on earth are rejoicing, then heaven is sad. So, um, obviously, God is right. God is the one that is righteous. And this is a great day. So, it's a, it's a day to celebrate and to thank God for what he's done. Um but I want to talk about it. And again, I want your yeah. feedback as we kind of spend some time. I know I just want to make a couple statements about it to begin with. Um, but again, you know, it's interesting. Some of the arguments that I'm hearing, if you want to get just away from what's right and what's wrong, which is very obvious what is right was done. The arguments are, and that's why I said the lawlessness comes in, is they're saying that by doing this, like yesterday they, they gave some rights uh, or reaffirmed rights of the Second Amendment. And then today they said, you know, this this is not right. And the argument is, well, how can they back one up constitutionally and not back the other one up? The difference is one of them is in the Constitution and one of them is not. It's about the law. Although we rejoice from a, a Christian standpoint in righteousness, it's an issue about the law. In the, in the law, the Constitution, it says you shall not infringe on the rights of people to bear arms. It's in the Constitution, specifically stated as the Second Amendment. The word abortion is never mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. There is no constitutional right for abortion. Now, states can now decide what they're going to do with that. If they want to let their their states, you know, do this, they can. But it's not something that's in the Constitution. And it's amazing to me to hear the attacks coming in the sense of somehow these justices um, violated the Constitution. No, exactly what they did. They honored the Constitution. And, of course, they're all coming under attack saying, well, you said when you were under oath at, you know, being the new judge, that you weren't going to go against, you know, you, you would honor precedent. Here's what people need to know. Precedent is to be honored unless the foundation of precedent is shown by law to have been false. And in this case, the foundation was shown to be false because it was proved that Roe versus Wade, it was proved that abortion was never in the Constitution. So what they did was they, they passed Roe versus Wade, and then they, they there was no uh, constitutional basis for it. But then they said, okay, now precedent's been set. All right, well, yeah, it has, unless you can show that the foundation for that precedent 50 years ago was wrong, that it yeah. wasn't in line with the Constitution. Well, they did that. 
uh, they showed that there was no constitutional right 50 years ago for abortion. So therefore, this needs to be overturned in order to make it right. But the way that the um, left is attacking and using it, they're saying, well, they lie. They didn't lie. They said, we're going to honor proper precedent. And this was not proper precedent. Uh, I want to talk about the spiritual implications uh, for a moment, Pastor Mark. Um, I'm going to guess that those people that were exhibiting extreme emotions that have been captured on camera regarding this, I'll bet you none of them are pregnant women. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I'm going to guess. I'm I'm not going to. Say 100%. I wouldn't count on it anymore, Greg, but I think yeah. most, mostly you're right. But I've seen some weird stuff going on yeah. now. I mean... I, I, my, my point is is that, and we talked about this before the show, when we go to 1 John five nineteen, and it tells us that those that are not in Christ Jesus are under the sway of the enemy. Right. And we're seeing Satan push some buttons on some people. Yeah. For which these people probably are past the childbearing age, uh, they themselves maybe never have had an abortion or whatever the case may be. Right. I, and I'm not saying that some of them haven't. Um, and I'm not saying that some of them have not had an abortion and, and have, they've been happy about right. it. Right. The Bible also talks about having your conscious, conscience seared like a hot iron. That's right. And then you're numb. Yeah. You're numb to it. Yeah. You know, God forbid that anyone gets to that point because we're, we, we see things in scripture that tell us that when you get to that point you don't come back from it yeah you, i think of pharaoh i think of what we read today before the show in in, in romans uh, chapter one you know when god gives them over to a reprobate mind those that have decided hey i i don't want to retain god in my thoughts yeah and you see what happens so for yeah. these people uh i see like a really uh, uh just a a push from the enemy in their hearts that we've ruled rightly yeah. that it is illegal to kill a baby yeah. in the mother's womb. Yeah. Yeah. It's murder. It is murder. And we use the word kill, but I'd rather use the word murder because that's murder. what it is. It, it is. is. Yeah. And, and well, go ahead. I'm no, like, I was going to say, and there is a difference in the Bible. I makes want to point a difference that out in a minute. Yes. Thank you. Please do. Yes. Yeah. No, I was just going to say real quick, I don't want to stop your train yeah, of thought, no. but again, mm. there's two different words in the scripture when it, t- when it comes to taking a life. The Bible says nowhere thou shalt not kill. You might say, well, my Bible says that, the Ten Commandments. No, it doesn't say thou shalt not kill. The actual word in the Hebrew is a different word. It's literally thou shalt not murder in the Ten Commandments. Killing is not something that is forbidden if it's righteous killing. Now, some of you are going, what do you mean righteous killing? Let me explain. God kills people. in the Read the Bible. God kills people. Uh, we see God killing people. God sending in Israel's army to kill people. So killing is used as a judgment. That's where the death penalty. He says, if man sheds blood, then his he, he should be his blood should be shed as well. That's righteous killing. That is, it is a consequence to certain sins, and not every sin you're to be killed for. But there are certain sins you're supposed to be killed for. Murder is one of them. So if you murder someone, it is righteous to put that person to death. God would do that. We see in Scripture, God does it now. However, in, in what it talks about in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. That means to take a life unrighteously, um, uh, you know, without any merit. Without merit. merit. Yeah, yeah. Without merit, there's yeah. no reason. Now, what's happening with these babies is it's unrighteous. It's murder. It's not killing, which is in some cases okay. It's murder, which is always wrong. And that is the baby hasn't done anything to deserve to be murdered. But you're going in, you're killing, and God says it's a baby uh, even before 
it's conceived. You know, God told Jeremiah, before you were in the womb, I knew you. So God recognizes, you know, every baby as a person, even before the egg and sperm meet. So when people say, well, when does life begin? It actually began before the foundation of the world. God knows everyone. He's created them. It just has to reach a certain timeline when they actually come into existence. Unless, of course, they're murdered. And so that's what abortion is. It's murder. And so um, they're, they're, again, um, promoting this whole murder of, of these babies or whatever. And, and, and it's amazing, Greg. You talk about it's not just about the law. Okay, you have God's law, man's law. And we're talking about it. this right here is right in both. God's law and man's law right. both say you're not supposed to murder someone. But when you see people get to the point to where they're fighting to be able to murder, and they're angry they can't murder, and they want to riot because they can't murder, that now you're talking about the kind of place where the days of Noah. We're talking about where you know God had to judge the earth and wipe everyone out because he said violence filled the earth. The thoughts of man were evil at all times. And right now, I mean, the thoughts, there's so many people that are so angry about this. If you want to see how angry Satan is, watch how people are responding to not murdering babies. Now yeah. think about it. It's one thing to say, I don't know, murdering adults. Okay, that's bad enough. But these are little innocent babies, and they're so furious, they want to go to war, you know, and all these things they want to do, and riot and whatever. It's shocking to me how truly how evil the heart of man is, Greg. Yeah. Well, and not only that, Pastor Mark, but the people that are championing for abortion, yeah, are they themselves so blind to that simple fact about the sanctity of life yeah, that they would, with such fervor, yeah, you know, fight for the right to murder how yeah. far you know when, when the bible talks about you know you you there's a line that you can cross and only god really knows where that line is yeah i mean we get some indications but right. only god knows right at the end of the day have these people crossed the line you know I, that's it, you wonder i i you fear. don't know I, you know some I, the the only person that i can think of that gives me an example that Maybe not is Paul. Yeah. When he was Saul. Right. You know, I mean, he he fought against the church, he fought against God, the God that he thought he knew but he didn't. Right. right. With that same type of fervor. Yeah. But let me add a caveat to that. Yeah. At least he thought he was doing it for God. Yeah, well that's true. That's true. So his fervor was wrong, yeah. but it was at least with the mindset yes. of this for God. Theirs is yeah. not. Theirs is, no. is against that. And again, the argument you oftentimes hear, Greg, as you know, is, well, I can. they should be able to do with their body as they want. The, the thing they willfully leave out is it's not, it's not their, their body. body. It's, it's a totally separate brain, mind, heart, lungs, arms, legs. Everything is, se- is separate. Yeah. The only thing that connects these two is the umbilical cord that gives the, the life to the baby. And, and depending on the mother, should be the safest place on the planet for it. And the fact that it's in there. You, know, you think about... My body, you know, you can't whatever. Well, if I took a ten million dollar diamond and swallowed it, and the owner saw me swallow it, I, I bet you he, would, I couldn't say, "Hey, my body, it's in me. It's my body. I can do what I want. You can't have it back. I'm keeping it. Leave me alone. Whatever I do with it, you can't do it." No, they're going to say, "Sorry, you're going to have to go under surgery by law. Take my ten million dollar diamond out of you. That is not your. It is a separate thing that doesn't belong to you. A baby is a separate thing that belongs to God. It doesn't belong to that person. God loans children to us to raise them in Him." And I'll tell you, there's going to be a judgment day. I think about, I look at what our president said today, uh, again, and really almost inciting violence. I mean, he came out, and if you saw any of it, he came out and said how horrible the Supreme Court was, how wrong they were, and all these things we have to do to fight it. It's it's lawlessness. And then he said at the end, but let no, don't you know, let there yeah. be peace. Nobody, but it's too late. He already kind of stoked everything up. Well, there's no respect for the very law from the government that he is one of the branches of. Yeah. So basically, it's it's. It's a division, yeah. 
it's not a unity yeah. there in our own government. And when that happens, you know, I mean, we, we're just going to see a further decay and decline. Yeah. Uh, in our country and there's and greg really there's an abandonment of a higher law he doesn't yeah, realize no. that he's got god over him yeah it's one thing to say here's what i want it's look mankind has certain levity in the laws of the land and you know that we want to do and say whether or not you can i don't know whatever the law of the land is but when you're talking about right and wrong such as murder or life yeah. that goes to a higher court yeah and that's god's court in heaven and it yeah. doesn't matter what man thinks god is the one who makes the rules and god gets the final say it was interesting the president said today this is not the last word and the first thing that popped to my mind in no, indeed, it's not. No, it's not. The last word will fall with Jesus Christ when he comes back. And you and everyone that doesn't repent will have to stand before him and give account for your sin. And if you don't repent, it'll be eternal judgment. Yeah. Now, again, if they repent, and I pray they do. I pray for the president. I pray yeah. for all these leaders. I pray on Thursdays for them. I have a day set aside where I pray. And I don't pray, God, go get them. I pray, God, open their eyes. Bless <laughs> yeah. them. Draw them to you. Put a fear of God in their heart. Lord, bring them to you. I pray for their souls. Because that's what we're told to do. Yeah. But at the same time, if they don't repent, then they're going to stand before God and be judged one day. It doesn't matter how mad people get down here and how much people want it, whatever. I mean, they can you know, come and just you know, kill all the Christians because they hate us. Well, we're going to live forever in the kingdom, and one day they'll stand before God in judgment. And our heart is that they'll repent before that happens. Greg, the blood of these babies has been crying out. Uh, to God for 50 years. And the Bible talks about the blood of the innocents crying out to God. Right. The blood of these innocents have been, has been crying out for 50 years, and God has now responded to that cry, and it's a blessed yeah. day in our nation. Blessed day. Not every godly king or leader that the Bible tells us about ended well. Yeah. Not many. However, every godly king or leader that the Bible tells us about recognized the order of authority right and they recognized that they were servants to god david's a great example david uh matter of fact in my reading today uh uh david's in the in the cave there in um um in getty okay right right and 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 so so you know he you know, his boys are in the back encouraging right. him, you know, go, go get Saul. He's, uh, he's relieving himself. And David cuts a, a swath off of his robe. David yeah. is so convicted that he even messed with the Lord's anointed, even though he knows that his day's coming, but it's not right now. He had such great respect right. for God's authority structure. And, and, and he has a dialogue with the Lord, you know, in, in there in Engedi crying out to him, you know, Will your servant, will, will, will these people turn me over? Yes, they will. And all these things. And he is having this dialogue with God, recognizing the authority structure. And we need leaders in our country yeah. that recognize the authority structure. This means they're going to be perfect, but they're going to recognize that God instituted Isaiah. Is it Isaiah 33.3? Yeah. There are thirty two, thirty three. That's a little quick. Yeah. It's one of those where he talks about the 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 Lord is my law. Yes, uh, the, my the Lord is my king, my lawgiver, and, and my judge. judge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so we need more of that. And so for those people that you know want to get political with the opposing party or president or whatever, um, I just encourage you pray for that. Yeah. Pray yeah. for that because really we're we're really honestly and we've always been this way, but I think 
in our flesh, we really got to get pushed to the point when we recognize, even in our flesh, that, wow, this is a spiritual battle. Yeah, and, it is. And there's nothing that I can really do to the to this situation to affect the change other than to cry out to the Lord yeah. for him to make a change. And I guarantee you, he can. That's right. Yeah, he certainly can. And a couple things. Yeah. One is, you were right, it's chapter 33. Okay. It's verse 22. Um, and so it's where we got our three branches of government, yeah. our founding fathers on that. Um, but also, I want to say this as well, and I want to make sure our listeners know, um, you know, the Bible says in Romans 13, we're to to come under the governing authorities. And so, and we're not to speak evil of our leaders. So I'm not speaking evil of the president when I say this. I'm speaking of the president's evil. And there's a big difference. I'm not speaking evil of the president. I'm speaking of the president's evil. And what the president did today by defending the murder of babies and, and, and really saying we're going to go out and fight for this right to murder babies, that's an evil thing. And even as John the Baptist called out Herod and even as Jesus called out Herod and called him that, that, that female fox, you tell him I'm yeah. coming to Jerusalem, uh, I think there is a place for us to say, you know what, we're not going to get into name calling and all this kind of stuff. We're going to respect the the position of these authorities that are there, as God tells tells us to do. But we're also not going to ignore the evil of those authorities, and we're going to call it out when it's evil. And we've got right now many of our authorities speaking very evil, not just for our nation and our people because of this, but really in God's face. It's an affront to God, and um, they need to know and really need to be warned that if they don't repent, they're going to face an almighty God and almighty judgment one day, and that's a fearful thing. So I think we owe it to them to let them know they need to repent uh, because they're going to face God. And this goes directly against God's word and God's face. You know, what's interesting is that while we have three branches of government, and I think about the Trinity, and when these people stand before the Lord, he will be all three branches in one. Yes, he will. That's right. That's there right. Is no, there is no appellate court. That's right. There is no arguing yep. your case yeah it's interesting his setup will be prophet priest and king the bible says so it's a, oh, little, bit different. a little bit different yeah. it's, but but here the thing is is we try to separate you know church yes. and state yes no he's going to be prophet priest and king it's going to be about god he's going to be our king and our ruler but he's also going to be all about the worship of god and the spiritual things it's not going to be a separation it's going to all be lumped yeah. together and so but you're right it does follow that same three branch idea of government yeah. so anyway uh, that you know that's that's kind of my heart and i want to share a little bit about it and just say you know we need to rejoice uh, we need to realize that this is a spiritual battle, an evil battle that's taking place. And to realize, you know, Greg, it seems that really people are being pushed to one side or the other. And I think that God is allowing this to happen uh, to separate those who are going to be against him and those who are going to be for him. And we're going to see that increase more and more toward the last days, those that stand with God and those that stand against God. And um, this is obviously a great day for those that stand with God and uh, not so great of a day that those that stand against him. But God's going to win. He always does. So. All right, Pastor Mark, let's uh, head to uh, America and some um, articles of interest from this country. Yes. Uh, The first one is from Fox News. Wow. Uh, This is amazing, Uh, but yet not, I guess, at all surprising. It says, New York subway riders respond to a health department ad telling fentanyl users to feel empowered for safe drug use. Wow. Actually, encouraging drug use, Craig. This is amazing. But again, this goes in line with scripture. We'll hit in a moment. Subway riders and the Big Apple shared their thoughts on health department and advertisement that said fentanyl users should feel empowered as they're uh, using it safely. I feel, and quote, like this is making drug abuse or drug use something that sounds like a good thing. Tori, a Texican, a Texican, a Texan visitor in New York <laughs> said, there are a lot of, there are a lot of Texicans actually. We should all be encouraging it or maybe it's a bad thing that we're looking down on drug use, they said. One person said, I did. 
definitely don't have a positive reaction toward it. One person said, empowering using opioids. I don't see uh, any other message here. To each its own, uh, New Yorker said, if you're going to do it, do it. Anyway, here's the bottom line. You know, it's interesting, Greg, because we talked about the Bible. The Bible says in the last days that drug use will become something worldwide on a, on a larger scale. It talks about pharmakia, uh, of sorcery, which witchcraft is connected to drug use. Pharmakia, where we get the word pharmacy. And it says pharmacy is going to, pharmacia is going to increase in the last days and even be looked favorably upon. We see people passing laws to allow people to do it. There we, we go. We talked about Yuval Noah Harari. We've mentioned him in some of the show. Our listeners know about him. This uh, professor at Hebrew University who said that when the elites take over the earth and rise up to this transhumanism to a higher level, that it, they were saying, what are you going to do with all the other people? He calls them useless people, useless eaters. The useless need. eaters. He yes. said, what do we do with them? He said, they're not going to be necessary. He said, so yeah. what we can do is maybe the best we can do is keep them on drugs and video games. And he wasn't joking. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so when you see this fentanyl coming across the border, you see drug abuse being pushed. This is another satanic move in the last days to basically uh, destroy souls and dumb down mankind uh, so that the elite, that'll be Satan, the Antichrist, and those that try to take over the world can do so at some point, And then God's going to come take over ultimately after that. But this, doesn't, this goes right in line with part of what Satan's doing in the last days. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, Breitbart.com, Gallup poll, belief in God among U.S. adults is dips to an all-time low. Yeah. Well, or is it any wonder? Yeah, and, and again, remember, we're going to get more and more, Greg, away from those who believe in the true God of the Bible as we enter the last days. Again, this sounds higher. Listen, according to the survey, 81% believe in God, but while that figure seems high, it actually is the lowest percentage ever reported in this survey. Again, remember, just because 81% say they believe in God, that means probably about 25% act on it or 40% act on it. I mean, it's one thing to say you believe in God, but that doesn't mean people live like that. But what is their definition or framework of for God. that God that they believe in yeah, is another question. You're exactly right. Again, he talks about only 17% currently say they do not believe in God, uh, as far as being able to admit that. Uh, but belief in God has fallen the most in recent years among young adults and people, the article says, on the left of the political spectrum. That is the Democrats. Liberals are Democrats. These groups show drops of 10 or more percentage points comparing to 2022 figures, an average of uh, 20, uh, an average of the 2013-2017 polls. In other words, dropping radically more among the liberal and Democratic side, and again, there's been a real push, Greg, recently to remove God from the liberal and democratic side of politics. Even at their conventions in yes, the last few years, they've made a that, point. Yeah. We will not allow God to be spoken about. Yes. We're going to do this. So, so even the political lines are being drawn between God and, and non-God, if you will, on this. But it's interesting because you've got to remove the true God of the Bible before you can believe that somebody else is God. And remember, the Antichrist in the last days, he's going to be saying at some point that he's God. And we were talking about this before the show. I used to wonder, how in the world could people believe that anyone could be God? It just seems so foreign to my mind because we all know he's God and we're not. That's a common saying that used to be agreed upon pretty much with everybody. But, Greg, again, you're going to hear a lot about this Yuval Noah Harari guy. He is openly saying, and I'm watching these videos and these conferences, he's openly saying that not only will we become gods, he said, we're going to become gods. And he said, I'm not saying this in a hyperbole or, or, or symbolic way. He said, I literally mean it. We're going to become gods. And then he went on to say, we can even be greater than God because we can design things in mankind that are lacking that God didn't put in now with our genetic design codes we're doing with all this genetics they're trying to do. So he's saying we can even be greater than God. And remember, when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he will not only say that he's God, he's going to put himself above all gods. So he's saying, I'm greater than God. So it's the same mindset, it's the same satanic spirit speaking through him 
It's, it's, it's Satan just doing all this. But what, what amazes me about that is I would expect when he says that we will be gods and even greater than God, you'd hear gasps in the audience who, oh, and people stirring and looking around or whatever. Everybody just, they look and they listen and they enjoy it. And when he's done, they applaud. So when you think somebody coming along says he's God, no, oh, that can never happen. It's happening. It's already happening. And by the way, this is a man that President Obama says is the most influential writer he's read in 10 years. Uh, the Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, they call him the prophet. I think even, uh, even a president, I think President Obama called him the prophet as well. So they refer to him as this kind of spiritual leader and that this World Economic Forum and these world leaders, Greg, they look to him as their leader and he's saying we can be gods. Now think about that for a minute. We are there for the Antichrist to show up and say, I am God. We are there. And when you see these kind of things, again, whether it's here, all-time low God, or in, in New York, they're saying take all these drugs. Again, once again, we're biting the apple. The big yeah. apple has bitten the apple. Yeah. And they're believing the lie of Satan, and the whole world is. And I'm telling you, it's happening. Things are happening so fast, that, uh, prophetically. I can't keep up. If, if you didn't believe the Bible prophetically before you're watching what's going on in our world yeah. today, it's shocking that you don't believe the Bible now, because all... All of this was predicted, and it's all coming to pass to a T. I mean, this is just an amazing day to be alive. Yuval Noah Harari is the first person to give me pause on my belief on who the false prophet is. You know, it's interesting, so Greg. I'll I, tell I just, you. I, me I, too. Look, I'm not saying he is, yeah. but I, look, I, 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 this guy, look, he literally is saying the very things that the false prophet's going to say. He literally is saying the things the Antichrist is going to say. That doesn't mean he is. We don't know who it's going to be, but I'll tell you, you're right. I look at him and think, could this be somebody more than we think? And it's interesting, the Pope just announced he's going to retire, this current Pope. Which is which is equally amazing. Yeah. Now, he hasn't come out officially and said it, I but he's, he's saying it. Everybody yeah. knows that he apparently has colon cancer. And so now that's why he's in a wheelchair. He doesn't have long to live. Apparently, he's trying to outlive Ratzinger because he doesn't want to. He he thinks it'd be awkward if he's still if Ratzinger's still around when he stepped down and this pope dies. Like maybe there'd be a power struggle or something. I don't know. But now they're saying that this. I've been watching. You know, could this? We've always thought that maybe the pope would be one of these two, the Antichrist mm-hmm. or the false prophet or whatever. And they're talking now. When we see who this next guy is, it's going to be interesting to see who it is. Um, but I mean, if, if, if this Yuval guy, I mean, again, I'm not going to even yeah, get into this. It's but, just, but it's I just mean, interesting. It's interesting. He's on the scene talking like he is and a new Pope's about to come yeah. into power. The whole thing's very intriguing and we're going to be watching it from we'll, the upper seats. Yeah. We'll definitely keep our eyes but, on yeah, this. Absolutely. Uh, Pastor Mark Fox News is reporting that six major cities are on pace to pass historic 2021 violent crime totals. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're talking about last year was historic, and we're talking about surpassing that halfway through this year. Unbelievable. You know, the Bible says, Greg, that it'll be like the days of Noah, like we already mentioned, um, that violence will increase, um, and, and we're watching it take place. It is, again, all this is happening. I think you're going to see some violence tonight. Um, based on this uh, uh, decision that just came down from the Supreme Court. But you're going to see this continuing. Uh, remember, we're the civilized nation of the world. We've always led the world in, in morals and civility. And look at us. You know, us in Britain. I mean, we're a mess. Anyway, violent crimes on the rise in six of America's major cities. And set to outpace the already historic levels of 2021, as you said, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, New York City are all, all on pace to break their 2021 levels of violent crime halfway through the year, with the nation's largest city leading the group, according to crime data reviewed by the Fox News uh, uh, affiliate. Uh, Fox News City 
or New York City, not Fox News City, New York City has seen 25.8% jump in violent crime at this point in 2022 compared to the same time in 2021. Uh, violent crime is typically defined as homicide, rape, assault, robbery, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Greg, um, it's not just in these big cities. We're watching it happen here. I, I spoke yesterday at another uh, Calvary Chapel in a different town, and the pastor left for a minute to go pick something up, right, and then come back before we had our men's group conference, our men's group meeting or whatever. And while somebody jumped in his truck, when he went in and came back, some guy jumped in his truck right there and wasn't trying to drive off in it because, of course, the pastor had his keys with him, but wouldn't get out and refused to get out. Just take me somewhere. Take me somewhere. I need a ride. I need a ride. Wouldn't get out. And again, until he just kind of, you know, um, indicated that, no, you'll get out and that he might have some way of making him get out, called a weapon. And the guy immediately got out of the, out of the car and left. But I mean, it's, it's, it's coming in here to small town America. It's not just like, I mean, that's yesterday with a pastor. It's not like this is something we're watching in distant lands. You got to realize, um, we are, we are now the distant lands and, um, we have, as you know, um, millions coming across the border, unchecked, unfettered. Uh, we have millions moving all over the country now to our region because they're fleeing all these oppressive areas, which is great. I'm happy to see people do that and come to where they can still be free compared to all the states that are no longer really America or you can be free. But we're having, in essence, people move into our area now. And I'm not saying that just because people come across the border, they're bad. So don't think I'm saying that. There's, I love Mexico. I love, we do missions down there. I've got great friends down there. That's not my point at all. And people that try to twist things or try to say that. My point is, we don't know who's coming in from Mexico because we're not, we're not checking to find out. And we've already caught a number of terrorists now. They caught 30 terrorists already this year. 30 on the terrorist list coming across the southern border from everywhere. China, Iran, all over. Now, my point is, we don't know everyone that's moving into our neighborhoods. And so while it's a great opportunity to reach more people for Christ, and we need to be doing that, it's a great opportunity. Share the gospel. Reach them. God's bringing the world to us. My point is, it's not just New York City and Chicago and Washington and all this. We now are going to be seeing more and more violence in our area because of the last days and because the world's going to intermingle all over the world. We're going to see lawlessness abound, and this is just another um, indicator of it. So, again, not to be shocked by it. We just need to be aware of it because the Lord said it's going to happen. You're listening to Signs of the Times, our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, June 24th. This is our weekly broadcast on WIAMLP Knoxville, and later on this will become podcast number 221. And so we thank you for listening, whether you're listening on the radio or later on the podcast. We appreciate it. And we appreciate listener questions like this one from Linda. She says, Pastor Mark, last week you answered a listener's question as to whether the unsaved enter the millennial kingdom after the great tribulation. You spoke of the sheep and goats judgment where the unsaved will be banished but the saved will go into the kingdom. Would you please clarify for me what life will be like for those who get saved after the rapture? Won't many of them be martyred for their faith? Yeah, great question, Linda, and um, uh, thanks for pointing this out so we can further extrapolate on this. Yeah, here's what the Bible says will happen. The rapture will take place, and all believers, It, it and there are some that argue that some believers will be left behind uh, because of the uh, parable of the virgins. I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to say that believers are going to be taken out of here at the rapture, at the trumpet, and, and taken up to heaven. So you'll say, well, all the believers are gone. Well, then how do these believers show up during the Great Tribulation? Well, the Bible tells us that at that point, God will pour out his spirit and save 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each tribe, but bamo, just instantly, they're going to be saved. They will start evangelizing the world. 
At the same time, the two prophets that the Bible talks about in the last days will go to Jerusalem, and they'll be prophesying in Jerusalem. We know that one of them will be Elijah. The Bible makes that very clear. There are arguments about who the other one is. Some say Moses, some say Enoch, some say Zerubbabel. Um, either way, those are the three main ones that I've heard. Either way, there'll be the two witnesses there that'll be sharing. So there will be, and, and by the way, all the cameras from the world news stations will be on these guys. So the whole world is going to hear the gospel. Well, when the whole world hears the gospel again through these witnesses, the Jews and those that are there in Jerusalem, there are going to be those that are touched by the Holy Spirit that heard our witness while we were here. Maybe family we shared with, but they didn't give their life to the Lord. Friends that we shared with, but they didn't give their life. And suddenly they see all the Christians gone, and they're going, oh my goodness, uh, these guys were right. They were right. God did really take them out of here. And now the judgment of the earth has begun as they watch the great tribulation take place. So there will be multitudes, the Bible says, getting saved during that final seven years after the removal of the church. So getting back to your question, Linda, and that is what, what kind of life will they have? What's going to be happening? Um, they're going to be greatly persecuted. It is not going to be um, pretty. Um there will be masses of them that will be executed by the Antichrist. The Bible says the Antichrist, for those who do not take the mark of the beast, we know it's going to be on the hand or the forehead. It would appear now it's going to be some type of computer chip. They're already talking about doing computer chips and the data that we can now do in people's bodies. That's already underway. So the technology's there. We're in place. The Antichrist is going to do that to be able to control the population of the world, to know where everyone is, what everyone's doing, what everyone's thinking, what everyone's feeling, to control them. And those that get saved, well, the Bible warns, if you take the mark of the beast, the mark of the Antichrist, this, this, this chip, then you're eternally condemned. There's no hope. There's no salvation. So for those who know that the Bible says that, those that have given their life to the Lord, God will reveal that to them. They'll be led to that scripture. The Holy Spirit will do it. They're going to have to refuse the mark, which means they'll either end up in prison initially or on the run. And the Antichrist will round up as many as he can. And the Bible says for as many as he can get his hands on, they will have their heads cut off. So the first group and probably the largest group of believers will have their heads cut off at the hands of the Antichrist, those that get saved after the rapture. So it's a nightmare. Is that the group in Revelation, Pastor Mark, that, that asked the Lord, how long will yes. you will you tarry or whatever until you avenge our blood? Absolutely. Okay. We see them around the throne, their spirits around the throne, saying, Lord, how long do you avenge our blood? And he says, just a little bit longer until um, my, my all of my saints are covered and the full judgment is done. So, um, so they'll, they'll be, I believe, probably the largest largest majority of people, Linda, will be, their life will be a nightmare. Uh, they're going to be on the run constantly. They're going to be uh, chased down. If they don't take the mark, they're going to be put to death. But we do know that some will escape. They'll be able to hide and avoid the mark of the beast during that time. And there'll probably be some getting saved all the way up till the very end. So you'll see some getting saved right there before the Lord comes back. And they're not going to have to be able able to run or hide as much because they're going to be right there at the buzzer so there will be a large group that'll be saved there toward the end and and that'll stay alive during that they're going to be the sheep that are standing there on the right uh the others will be put to death sadly and they're they're going to be there with us in the kingdom we're going to come back with us when the lord comes back and then the unbelievers will be the goats on the left and they'll be cast out so to answer it i would say this with all that said the, the bottom line is, it's going to be a nightmare for those who get saved after the rapture. Because you're either going to be chased your whole t- your whole life on the run, hungry, without places to stay, just a nightmare, or you're going to be caught, captured, and put to death. And so um, here would be my encouragement. Don't wait 
until after the rapture to receive Jesus Christ. Now is the time to repent. Today is the day of salvation. If you're hearing my voice, ask God to forgive you of your sins. Tell him you believe he died for you on the cross. Receive him as your Lord and Savior and avoid this mess. And for people to say, well, you know, I think we're going to be here during the great tribulation. No, Jesus said, pray that you may escape these things that are coming upon the earth. That means we can escape these things that are coming upon the earth or Jesus wouldn't have said that. How do we escape them? By receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so remember the Bible says in Thessalonians uh, that we've not been appointed to wrath and that God's going to take us out of here. There's all kinds of things we could talk about as far as, you know, the yeah. the rapture of the church and also you know paul said when you talk about the rapture when you talk about the church again being gathered to the clouds with the lord he said comfort one another with these words um you know when you talk about the last days if if there wasn't that removal of us out of here greg there'd be no comfort to give anybody but if you know jesus christ there's great comfort okay thank you linda for that clarifying question all right let's head to our smorgasbord of disaster uh which includes pestilence plagues and corruption so uh, it's uh strap on your feed bag uh Express.co.uk is reporting on the COVID vaccine that the Pfizer booster side effects may include bullus pemphigoid. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Greg, more and more side effects are now being revealed. Uh, there have been, an, again, a number of deaths, um, a number of heart attacks, a number of uh, blood clots. Uh, now they have a whole new side effect to these shots that are coming out. It's, you know, it's, again, I, I know these things were rushed to the market because of the emergency act or whatever, which it's amazing to me that it's still in place. But now we're seeing what happens when you don't have time to really see what the results of these things are going to be. And now we have another brand new side effect. Um, and again, not to make those fearful who have taken it again, I think there's many people that continue to take them and do all kinds of boosters and beyond that. And we're seeing all kinds of bad results. Again, this is, and listen to what it says about this, is bullus uh, pemphigoid. Uh, The COVID vaccine rollout has dealt a a decisive blow to COVID-19 with wide vaccination rates turning the tide on hospitalizations and death. Again, that's debatable, but I'm just reading the article. However, vaccine side effects continue to be reported. So this is not a um, pro-COVID-19 shot article. But listen to what they say. A new case study documents cases of a painful skin condition surfacing one month after getting the Pfizer booster shot. Sounds a little bit like monkeypox. It's the same kind of thing. You get these blisters on your skin that come up all over your body. Same, you can see the picture. It looks a lot like what they're showing as monkeypox. I'm not saying that's what it is, but it's very interesting that it looks that way. Uh, it looks like monkeypox, I'm saying. The UK's vaccination record is a world beat, uh, is world beating with more than three quarters of the population now fully vaccinated. The booster campaign largely underway. Um, again, the new case study published on Wednesday in the Internal Journal of Dermatology documented cases of bullous pemphigoid showing up after getting the COVID vaccine, skin condition that causes large fluid-filled blisters. Now, again, I'm not saying we that... We hope you're not eating lunch when yeah, you're listening I, I, to this. Yeah, and I'm not saying this is monkeypox or it's the same thing or they're, you know, they're, yeah. they're trying to cover their tracks because they, they knew this was... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it is very similar to what they're showing as monkeypox. You get these blisters on you. They come out on your body or whatever. That's another side effect that's happening. And by the way, Greg, um, we saw the first case in the UK now. They have a 1,000 cases. The first case they actually paid out on for damages... Uh, a family member died after getting the shot there in the UK and they paid uh, the articles in the news yesterday in the UK news or whatever. And it was something like it was 120,000 pounds. I don't know if that comes out. It's more than that for American dollars. But the UK is starting now to make payments to pay people that have family members that have died from the shot. And so I'm hoping that that'll kind of maybe 
awaken the eyes a little bit and stir people to say, wait a minute, maybe we should reevaluate what we're doing here yeah. in this whole shock campaign. But this, so, so this is sad news here, but actually I think good news that the UK is starting to make some payments for people because it may kind of start some discussions around the globe and we need to maybe take a break and relook this. Remember, these shots that we're taking now, Greg, they're not even going to be approved until either 2023 or 2024 is when they actually get the final FDA approval. They're still under what's called the experimental uh, stage or whatever. The only reason they can do it is because of the emergency act. All right. Well, let's talk about more of the same, Pastor Mark. This is from the Epic Times. Studies are linking an incurable prion disease yeah. with COVID-19 vaccines. And we underscore the word incurable here. Yeah, this is horrifying. Listen to this. This again, um, um, the article says here again from studies of the COVID-19 vaccines have suggested a link. Uh, between the Crucifeld Jacob disease, CJD, a rare and fatal brain condition. A preprint French study suggests that the Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca vaccines may have contributed to the emergence, emergence of a new type of sporadic CJD that is much more aggressive and rapid in progression than the traditional form of the disease. CJD is caused by abnormalities in a protein in the brain called prion or prion, however you pronounce it. The naturally occurring proteins are usually harmless but when they become diseased or misfolded they cause nearby prions to also become mishappen leading to the deterioration of the brain tissue and eventual death the disease is incurable as one uh, prion becomes infected it continues to propagate to other prions and currently there isn't any treatment capable of stopping its progress you know when i read this stuff i'm just again I'm kind of torn, Greg, when we do these, and I'll tell you why. I feel it's a responsibility to cover these. I feel a responsibility to put the information out there that you're not going to hear just on the news. For whatever reason, these are just, I mean, these are documented cases from like the American uh, Journal of Medicine, CDC, FDA. These are documented things. It's not like we're making this up or going to some crazy sites to get this stuff. But you're not hearing it because there's such a political push to advance, you know, what's going on with the whole shots and all this. I would say a spiritual push. You're right. It's it. You're exactly. Thank you for correcting me. It is predominantly spiritual, but it's manifesting in the yeah, political. Exactly. Either way. Yeah. But I, I'm torn as a pastor, you know, because I feel a responsibility before God and man to let our listeners hear the truth. And I've done lots of research, and I'm seeing lots of problems with these shots. And I have to say the truth. Mark, you're not a doctor. No, I'm not a doctor, but I'm also not stupid. I have a brain, and I can look at statistics, and I can see the results of what's happening to people that are, you know, a lot of people that are that are taking part in this. So yeah. with that said, I feel a responsibility to do that just because before God, really, and man, but at the same time, I don't want to make our listeners fearful, and that's my battle. If you've had the shot, I don't want you to live fearful. Look, if you've had the shot and you're doing fine, trust God. Trust God and don't worry about it. Um, again, I think a lot of these conditions we're seeing are from those who have the multiple shots. They keep going back for shot after shot, and they're getting their booster and their fourth shot and all that. And what's happening is it's causing a lot of these really, really bad side effects. And my biggest fear right now, Greg, is our, our children. We talked about this yeah. Sunday morning, and I re-looked at the statistics, and really it's, it's, much, it's much worse than I thought because – there have been from zero to four years old. There, there, there have been basically it's statistically zero deaths. There have been four hundred and forty-one deaths between zero and four, and that is many of them had pre-existing like genetic things that they weren't as strong. Four hundred and forty-one in two years. That's two hundred and twenty. Two hundred and twenty out of three hundred and thirty million people that that died in one year. Then another two hundred and twenty out of three hundred thirty million people that died. 
And if you took the whole 441, it's .00039 or something like that, okay? It's even a greater greater zeros if you do it like you're supposed to do by the year. Greg, I heard one doctor at the panel. I listened to some of the panel when they were deciding the doctors that were about to approve the shop for kids. And one of his arguments was, he said, I think we need to really rethink this in some ways. He said, do you realize that we had, in a year, 220 kids die from it in this age range that we're about to approve? And we see all the side effects happening to everyone else, the myocarditis and the swelling of heart and the blood clots and heart attacks and sudden death. And they're saying we should, because we're doing giving this to kids now, he said, basically, statistically, it's like nothing. In other words... He said 220 kids died each year this happened. He said, did you realize that in those same two years, 270 each year died of lightning strikes? So you had more people die of lightning strikes, 270 and 221, 270 or so, rounded around those numbers in, in, 20, in 2022. Yeah. I'm sorry, 2020 and 2021. And you had 220 kids die in that, in that young age range both times. More people dying in America from getting struck by lightning than our children. It's, it's statistically zero. I know there's some, but statistically zero. And Greg, they're pushing this on these babies. I'm telling you, it is, I believe, satanic. I believe it's demonic. And I think it's driven in man. The way Satan's using it is for money. These pharmaceutical companies are getting these big payouts. It is a tragedy. And again, so although I'm torn, there's a responsibility to speak the truth uh, for the for the sake of God and for mankind. Yeah. We've got five five articles and ten minutes to go. Pastor. We can do it. We can do it. Uh, AP Network News reporting on the deadly earthquake this week in Afghanistan. Again, Matthew twenty four said you'll see deadly earthquakes increase like a woman in birth pangs. Again, there were Greg six point one on the Richter scale. A thousand people died in this earthquake. Um, again, these things are going up exponentially. Do your homework exactly as the Lord said would happen. Uh, Fox News is questioning a second pandemic. As Biden alarms Twitter with his cryptic comments. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's interesting, Greg, that they can say that anybody can announce, you know what, hey, we're about to have another pandemic. Greg, the amazing <laughs> like they thing, did the first time. But what's amazing is a lot of people don't realize exactly a year before, in May 2021, um, the Bill Gates and all these different guys, the foundations, whatever, they said that in May next year, there's going to be a monkeypox outbreak. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It happened. Yeah. How did they know that? How did they are are they placing bets in Vegas? All I'm this? saying is is that Greg, something's going on that's beyond what we're being told. And again, I think that just again shows brace yourself. Well, and and also too, I'll I'll take this moment to just point out this is a good point of prayer for our listeners. Yeah, God is sovereign. The enemy has a plan, but that doesn't mean that God can't thwart it. That's can't right. override it. That's right. If His saints don't cry out. That's right. That's right. And we need to be praying. And we need to be praying. Yeah. At point of prayer. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. Let's go to our next one, which is the church. Glad you put your robe on. Maybe I'm going too fast these. here. I'll slow down. Listen. <laughs> I can do it fast. You want to go fast? We'll go fast. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is that kind of like when you see the yellow light at the traffic? Yeah, it's that's like right. challenge and accepted. That means speed up. That's yes, right. Yes, means speed up. Uh, this is from Christian Headlines. Uh, Christian book publisher... Erdman's never heard of him before, and now I know why. Yeah. Endorses Pride Month with LGBT reading lists. Yeah, actually, Erdman's is a very big company. Oh, is Greg. It? I see okay. a lot of my books come from Erdman's okay. Publishing. Yeah, and it's and listen to this uh, historic and well-known Christian publisher again facing the uh, now embracing the LGBT Pride Month. Erdman's Publishing Company, founded in 1911, a leading publisher of academic and faith titles over the last century, including ones by William Lane Craig, Mark Knoll, Richard Mao, N.T. Wright. Its commentaries are found on pastoral bookshelves across the world. 
world, but it, the publisher this month endorsed Pride Month. And I quote, June is Pride Month, and you've probably uh, seen countless businesses touting their rainbow flags, multicolored logos, and raising their support in different ways. The company said, yet there are still such disunity and unrest on the topic among the people. We find ourselves in a time again that we should be willing to listen and, and seek understanding. Look, I think we need to be willing to listen and seek understanding, but here's the thing. We can't support sin against God and say somehow that it's okay. Again, it's amazing to me, Greg. God said that he judged Sodom and Gomorrah based on two things. The immoral sex lives, that is the sodomy and and the uh, same-sex relationships that were going on. And secondly, and some would even argue even more importantly and first, their pride in it. God specifically says it's not just your sin, but it's your pride in that sin is why I'm going to have to wipe you out. And now that's why I wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. And to watch us now embracing this same thing and then actually promoting pride in it. I mean, it's almost like we're just shaking our fist in God's face. We're getting up in God's face and saying, we're going to do it a second time. And we're even going to use a symbol, the rainbow that you gave to man, that you wouldn't judge yeah. the earth in flooding. And it's, it's really putting it right up in God's face. And let me just say, this isn't about loving people. Of course we love them. Of course they need Christ. I want them all to be saved and come into the kingdom of heaven. But for a nation to say, and everybody jump in, especially the supposedly Christian organizations, to jump in and say, we're going to stand with you in your pride, what you're saying is, it's the same as saying, we're going to stand with Sodom and Gomorrah, and whatever happens to them, we're going to stand with them. Realize what we're doing. We need to wake up and love them, but speak the truth in love. What book of the Pentateuch, Pastor Mark, was it that talked about that they pulled their, their sins like with a... A cart and a rope. A cart rope. It's actually no. It's actually an Isaiah. It's an Isaiah. Oh, it is an Isaiah. Yes, okay. he said they I pulled the. No, it, yeah, they, okay. and and they were prideful about it. They said, well, yeah. let God do something. Hey, what, what's God going to do?" And they pulled their pride with a cart rope. Greg, they were having pride parades, and God said, "Because of this, I have to judge you." Yeah. So understand. I just want to reiterate this, especially if you don't know Christ and you don't know me, and you're listening. We love everyone, and we love this community that's living in this sin, but it is still sin before God, and God judged that community because not only their sin, but their pride in it. We have to separate ourselves and not be a part of that, and then basically throw them a lifeline and say, Jesus loves you, and if you repent and come to Christ, you can be saved, but we can't be a part of it or supporting it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that the Bible is so explicit about these things, yeah, you know... I, how could we how could we argue against those things? But when God says explicitly these things are wrong, yeah. you know this is this is isn't our opinion. This is what God's word says. That's right. And we That's have right. to make that a choice to obey it or not. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to some. Just you know, we talked about this early in Romans chapter one. Uh, you know, God gives you over to that depraved, debased, probate mind, uh, reprobate mind, rather. Yeah. And then you end up with stories like this from Fox News. A British man is turned away from giving blood after refusing to answer if he was pregnant. Unbelievable. The man was in his 60s, Greg. Uh, Leslie Sinclair, 66, told the Daily Mail that he was given 125 pints of blood over the past five decades. But on the last trip to the clinic in Sterling, Scotland, he was told to fill out a form that if he was expecting a child or had been pregnant in the past six months. 
After noting that he is a male, the clinic staff said that they could not accept his blood unless he provided an answer, despite a push by officials to attract new blood donors. All potential donors are asked the question uh, to promote inclusiveness, they said. And I quote him, he said, I'm angry because I've been giving blood since I was 18 and have regularly gone along. The father of two told the Daily Mail, I'm very happy to do so without any problem. Uh, There's always a form to fill out, and that's fine. Um, but clearly, you know, the blood levels are safe. And, and he says, you know, this is something that's new on the form. Are you pregnant or have you been in the last six months? He just didn't answer it. Again, when we get to the place to where we won't let people participate in the culture because they, a man won't say that he's pregnant. Men can't get pregnant. And I just want to say this again. My heart breaks for this community. You have to know my best friend died of AIDS. Because he was involved in this community. I I don't hate this community. I love them. My heart was broken for him. And my heart is broken for any that are trapped in this life. Look, I was trapped in drugs and alcohol. People are trapped in different sins. But if somebody was, if they didn't love me enough to tell me the truth, I never would have been set free from it. We have to be able to love people enough to tell them, look, males have X and Y chromosomes. And no surgery can change that. No emotion, no decision, no gender pronoun. You can't change it. Women have X and X chromosomes. It's different than X and Y, which males have. And you can't change it by surgery. You can't wish it away. You can't pronoun it away. You can't emotional it away. It just is what it is. There's nothing hateful in that. Yeah. It's a factual, scientific, biological statement. In and your DNA, you're, you're programmed in your DNA to be a male that's or right. female. That's right. And again, nobody's going to force you to obey God or to believe God's word. Yeah. But our job is just simply to say, look, God loves you. And here's what his word says. And if you don't recognize it and repent and get in line with his word, you can't go to heaven. We want everyone in heaven. Jesus wants everyone in heaven. The Bible says he desires that none perish. But if we don't speak the truth in love, who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? Anyway. All right. Well, let's get to some good news, Pastor Mark, to end our episode today. This is from ChristianPost.com, man who memorized 20 Bible books to teach at the Creation Museum. Yeah. Amazing. First of all, this is really cool, but a man known for having memorized 20 books of the Bible started volunteering at the Creation Museum to teach visitors his methods of Scripture memorization. Tom Meyer, a professor of at Shasta Bible, Shasta Bible College of Redding, California, began volunteering at the Petersburg, Kentucky-based museum at the beginning of June, overseeing classes and workshops. In an interview with the Christian Post, Meyer said he's conducting workshops to teach saints from all over the country how to memorize Scripture, and the benefits that come from this ancient discipline. You're not kidding. Uh, he says, after ministering in California for a decade by speaking the Word of God dramatically from memory in a different local church each Sunday and teaching students how to memorize Scripture at Shasta Bible College, our family of six was at a crossroads. And again, after praying, we came to full-time at the Creation Museum, the Ark Encounter, where they're doing it there on a regular basis. What a great technique. You know, the Bible says we're to memorize Scripture. What did David say? I've, I've hidden your Word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. And so, again... You look at the days that we're in, the attack on the Word of God. Uh, so many ch- uh, churches, Greg, not teaching the Word of God. Yeah. How we need to bury the Word of God in our heart. You know, I again, what what a what a what a great thing. And, and again, you know, I haven't been to the Creation Museum in a long time, but I would love to see his methods of memorization. I think yeah. that'd be pretty cool. But twenty books of the Bible. Think about that. That's, That's amazing. A, it is amazing. And uh, and again, hopefully, it will inspire some of us that are listening today to put more Scripture in our hearts so that we don't sin against the Lord either. Absolutely. And for those of you that are listening and uh, if you're struggling getting involved in reading God's word uh, I encourage you download the way media app 
at the bottom of the app is a Bible icon. Click on it. You can not only read the Bible, but there's also a daily Bible reading plan. And when you click on that, you can go through each day, read the Bible, or if you don't want to read it, well, guess what? It will read the Bible to you. So you can listen to the Bible being narrated to you very simply, very easily. And so you can still digest, still receive, still hear God's word. I use that app just because it's convenient for me for my schedule and it will tick off. You can say completed at the very end and then it will put a check mark next to that day and you know you've done your Bible reading for that day. It's not an act of works or checking off a list, but it's just to help you systematically work through God's word and let his let the water of the word wash you, cleanse you, equip you. The Bible says we're leaky cisterns. And so we've always got to be taking in God's word. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I guess I just did my pastorly That's uh, right. encouragement. There you go. That's awesome, man. I love it. You did great. <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening. Don't forget the waymedia.net or the waymedia app for not only signs of the times but other content that we provide. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here next Friday at 1:30.